0: Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com Curiosities today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Curiosities. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Nobody is just one thing. For example, an accountant is more than someone who crunches numbers all day. They might be a mother, or a father, or a sibling. They may play the guitar or volunteer in a soup kitchen on the weekends. People contain multitudes, and we don't always know a person entirely, even someone we may see every day. Like Anthony. Anthony was born in August of 1926 in Queens, New York. Unlike the Billy Joel song, it wasn't Anthony who worked in a grocery store. It was his father, an Italian immigrant who had come to the United States in 1906, His mother, Anna, was a seamstress born in the U.S. to parents from the Calabria region of Italy. Anthony grew up in poverty, but he found solace in music. He loved listening to singers like Judy Garland and Bing Crosby, and he even had a tap-dancing uncle on the vaudeville circuit. That introduction to show business lit a fire in him and inspired him to pursue his passion—singing. Unfortunately, Anthony's foray into performing would have to wait— He was drafted into the army in 1944, where he became an infantry rifleman. But fighting for his country wasn't all guts and glory for an 18-year-old Italian kid from New York. He was faced with a heavy dose of racism, especially from a sergeant who put him on KP duty whenever he could, simply because of his ethnicity. Anthony, though, eventually made his way to France in January of 1945, where he was placed with the 63rd Infantry Division. The Allies had suffered considerable losses in the Battle of the Bulge, and Anthony's battalion had been brought in to help. He then traveled from France to Germany, where he got a close look at the horrors of war. He would later call it a front-row seat in hell. But the fight raged on, until Anthony pressed into Bavaria. He was one of the many soldiers who helped liberate the Kaufring Concentration Camp, a subcamp of Dachau. One of the first things that he and his men did was get food and water to the people being held captive but they had been beaten down so severely that they didn't think the Allies were there to help. Sadly, the troops had arrived just a bit too late. Anthony learned that all of the women and children had been killed already, and half of the surviving captives had already been shot. The experience changed him and turned him into a staunch pacifist for the rest of his life. Once he got home, he enrolled at the American Theater Wing, a New York-based nonprofit that helped him rediscover his love of music. Anthony soon found work as a singing waiter, a job that he'd had before joining the army. He even cut a few records, but didn't find much success. Not until 1950, when he was signed to Columbia Records by big-time record producer Mitch Miller. Miller had worked with the likes of Doris Day and Dinah Shore, and he heard something in Anthony, a voice that could croon with the best of them. Except there was already another big star already at Columbia, a guy named Frank Sinatra, But old Blue Eyes had hit a slump, and his last few albums had fallen short. He was leaving for Capitol Records, so Anthony found himself in the unique position to pick up where Sinatra had left off. He began by singing popular songs of the era, and his first big hit came in 1951 with his rendition of the 1940 song Because of You. It sat at number one on the Billboard charts for ten weeks and sold a million copies. Over the next few years, he covered country songs, became a teen heartthrob, and established himself as the preeminent singer of the Great American Songbook. But perhaps his best-known hit was recorded in 1962. It was a song that followed him throughout his whole career, originally written by George Corey and Douglas Cross in 1953 as a love letter to their hometown. They'd come from New York to California, where, feeling homesick, they had penned a little ditty about their city by the bay. I Left My Heart in San Francisco became the signature song of World War II hero Anthony Dominic Benedetto, better known to audiences today as the late, great Tony Bennett. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Heroism can be measured in a number of ways. Whether someone is stopping a robbery or running into a burning building to save a child, as the saying goes, not all heroes wear capes. But sometimes a hero is someone who chooses a different path. They use their words instead of their fists. They speak up when no one else will. For Desmond Doss, heroism meant fighting for his country in World War II without ever touching a gun. Doss was born in Lynchburg, Virginia in 1919. His father worked as a carpenter, while his mother worked in a shoe factory when she wasn't tending to the home. Desmond was raised as a Seventh-day Adventist, a denomination of Christianity that observed the Sabbath on Saturday. But Doss took things a step further. He was also a vegetarian and a pacifist, refusing to turn to violence in any situation. He was working at a shipyard in Newport News, Virginia, when the attack on Pearl Harbor occurred. His job granted him the option to request a deferment, rather than to serve. But something compelled him to do more. He didn't just want to sit out while others were off doing their part, so he enlisted with the Army. He had hoped that being a conscientious objector would be his ticket to a position as an Army combat medic. He had no interest in picking up a gun. Instead, he was made a rifleman with the 77th Infantry Division. But Doss was a firm believer in not killing any other living soul. He refused to carry a rifle, even when ordered to. One fellow soldier, who saw him as a misfit and a coward, threatened to make sure he didn't come back from the front lines alive. Others tried to have him court-martialed, but nothing worked. Doss continued to serve while being bullied and beaten by the men in his platoon. And he never let it get to him during his entire military career. Then, in April of 1945, Doss and his battalion were summoned to Okinawa. Their mission was to ascend and capture a massive, 400-foot-tall cliff known as Hacksaw Ridge. They eventually reached the top, only to be faced with thousands of Japanese soldiers hiding in nearby caves, waiting for them. A retreat was ordered, and the men scrambled to make it back down the cliff safely. But the Japanese soldiers prevented many of them from getting away. A fraction of Allied soldiers were actually able to climb back down, with many being killed or wounded in the process. But Doss refused to flee. He saw his fellow soldiers, the ones who had insulted him and made his life a living hell, dying in enemy territory. And he couldn't just leave them there. He ran back toward the fight, spending hours dragging men to the edge of the cliff and lowering them down a makeshift rope sling that he had fashioned together himself. The army believed his bravery had saved the lives of a hundred soldiers, but Doss claimed that he had only managed to rescue 50. The army split the difference and noted the final number at 75. And that wasn't the end of his heroic feats. Days after the events at Hacksaw Ridge, the young Seventh-day Adventist was wounded by shrapnel from a Japanese grenade. It embedded itself in his legs and hip, but not wanting to bring another medic into danger, he dressed the wounds himself as best he could. He then crawled to safety, only to find himself in a sniper's crosshairs. The bullet from the rifle shattered the bones in Doss' arm. But when several of his fellow soldiers tried to haul him away on a stretcher, he gave it up so that they could take another man who was in worse shape. Until the bitter end, Desmond Doss put others above himself. Surprisingly, despite his severe wounds, Doss survived the war. He received the Medal of Honor for his bravery and for saving the lives of dozens of men. He passed away in 2006, at the age of 87, Desmond Doss had demonstrated true heroism during World War II by picking up a bandage and a rope instead of a rifle. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. The show was created by me, Aaron Mankey.